Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hang Out, the podcast that reaches from beyond the grave to make good men our wicked slaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. We don't want men. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. <laughs> and from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And we want to remind you all about our Season 5 Patreon campaign. You can join at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If we hit 150 patrons, we will start releasing bonus episodes for all of you, so we cannot wait. We also have a lot of exciting events coming up still. As a reminder, there's only a few weeks left until the spookiest of times, <laughs> Halloween. And we want to make sure that you are so ready with some spooky queer trivia. So we are going to have our next trivia night. We have two editions again. So you, we have one on October 26th, one on October 30th. Same question set, so make sure you just pick which time is the best for you. But we are going to have questions about all of our favorite spooky queer shows and movies. And you do not want to miss it. We're excited. Cannot wait. We also have Orphan Black trivia with Realm on November 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. We are so excited. Orphan Black is just the best, and we have so many great questions for you, including some questions about Realm's Orphan Black podcast, season one, that we'll be asking during the trivia. And then if you were sick of us after those two events, like too damn bad, because we're not done yet. We love a couple things like musicals, and also our friends at Bad Queers. And so we are going to be getting together to watch Rent and then dissect our feelings about it in a live episode, joint episode with Bad Queers on Zoom that you can all come and watch. And we are so pumped to do this. It's just going to be bonkers. It's going to be bonkers. I know it. That's going to be on November 10th. It's going to be at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And you should, you know, just make sure you're there. That's all. I can't wait. Lee, do you want to say this next thing about This Week in the Lesdom? Because I know you're really excited about it. Listen, This Week in the Lesdom, Lee's baby gay heart exploded and grew three sizes that day as (laughs) I got to watch Jojo Siwa dressed like freaking Prince Charming dancing with another woman on national television on Dancing with the Stars to a dream is a wish your heart makes. And it just made me feel a lot of things. And I just want to talk about it a little bit. Gay dreams really do come true. Oh, my God. Listen. Anyone who was like a little gay like I was who used to watch Disney movies and constantly be like, but why do I wish I was the prince? Oh, <laughs> now the you time, could be the prince. 
Like, can you imagine how much less confused I could have been to see? Because here's what I love about it. And A, I mean, first of all, as someone who was like, I guess Jojo Siwa came out and I just didn't really know who she was or anything when she came out earlier this year. I watched like one episode. I watched. I caught the first episode of Dancing with the Stars this season. I have never watched the show. And I was like, wow, I would do a violence for Jojo Siwa. <laughs> like <laughs> hardcore would like just defend this girl with my life because she's a joy. I love what she's doing. I love that she is so vocal about why she's doing it and just constantly like that first episode, she was like, just think about how many like little queer people's lives we can make better by doing this. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. The sheer gay joy that she goes out and exudes every single week and the sheer gay joy that she went out and exuded this week. And it was the first time because she's been in dresses like the whole show so far. And she came out this week in this still very feminine, but like obviously being Prince Charming outfit with a just like 10,000 megawatt smile on her face twirling this beautiful woman in her little Cinderella dress all around the dance floor and I was just like wow this is incredible this is incredible so listen shout out to Jojo Siwa I would do a violence for her as should we all that's all I'm gonna say I'm here for it you know who else I would do violence for oh my god I know who (laughs) (laughs) Jasmine Savoy Brown we would all do a violence. We would all for do a violence as Jasmine well. Swarbra. The Scream trailer, Scream Five, just came out. We are so happy to see Jasmine in the Scream trailer. She is also playing a queer character, so we love that for her. You can check out all of her thoughts on that at New Now Next on Logo, where she talks about being able to play a black queer character because that is who she is. And. If you just want to maybe catch Jasmine playing like a queer black character in, you know, something like a podcast musical and you haven't (laughs) checked out the flame, you know, like how crazy is it going to be to go to the movies and see Jasmine? Like, I'm going to freak out to see her. It's going to be weird. Yeah, it's going to be very, very cool. I'm like, that's my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyways, we love you, Jasmine. We're very excited. Very, very very happy for you. uh, As everyone else should be as well. And the last thing we want to let you know in the greater less universe this week is um so i i'll be upfront i have not seen the show it's called the morning show oh i haven't seen the show at all but i've seen this clip i've seen this clip a number of times because i also feel like this it feels like it's dating us in a certain way but i'm like if you had told me like even a decade ago that like i would watch juliana margulies and reese witherspoon kiss on like a major show i would not have believed you. Oh, I would have a pretty big heart attack. And here we are. And yet here we are in the gay year of our Lord 2021 to, yeah, like I feel like I woke up one morning and went online and that was the only thing happening. (laughs) The only thing on Twitter was just every single person on the internet reposting the video of this kiss. So I don't know why they're kissing. I don't know what's happening. I feel like it's probably going to be toxic, but I'm here for it anyways. I'm so here for it. Thank you, Reese and Juliana. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Elian Lee. Thanks, Elian Lee. And welcome to season five, episode four, our first Lessentials of season five. And we're very excited. We're very excited about this particular Lessentials. So exciting. 
Les Centrals is a recurring segment on the show where we dive into classic lesbian movies or shows or new lesbian movies or shows. There's been so much new content lately. Very exciting. And as a reminder, we are writing and recording original songs for every Les Centrals. And this one, you'll catch it at the end of the episode. It is called Run For Your Life. It's Les. And we're very excited about it. (laughs) And for this Les Essentials, we're talking about the 2021 trilogy of our dreams and nightmares, Fear Street. <laughs> Just dreams. What are you talking about? What well, nightmares? I get really scared, Lee. I've been scared <laughs> since I started watching this. I'm happy that I did, but it's like I get so c- conflicted. I'm like, I'm terrified and excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, so. Yeah. Fear Street Horror Trilogy, it is based on the old school books by R.L. Stein. Did you ever read any of the books, Ellie? I did not. I read Goosebumps, but I don't think yeah. I ever read the Fear Street. The ones. Fear Street? Yeah. Oh, this was, I, it, I did. I remember reading them. So this was like a fun throwback to like, I remember being scared of those more so than this, which is funny in hindsight, because I, I don't think the books are actually all that scary if you go back. But yeah, based on R.L. Stein and it, the movies themselves, they are. I love this because also you don't see a lot of like Lees out there. I there's know, not a lot right? Of, there's not a lot of L-E-I-G-H Lees like out there. I feel like you have a very so, personal connection to this. I feel like basically I d- I'm responsible for these movies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were directed by Lee Janiak and the story by Lee Janiak, Kyle Killen, and Phil Graziade. Yes, and I felt like that was important to say because it's an adaptation since we've been doing some should have been gays that were written by men or directed by men. And you're like, let me just see who's working behind the scenes. So great that we have a woman director and it seems that Lee, Lee, (laughs) that Lee Lee also had a say in the story as well. So even though we do still have two other men who are helping write the story, I feel like Lee is the Lee is the puppet master here, and I'm excited about that. We are going to have very few complaints about these movies. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We're obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm obsessed. So I love them. I love them. They're just, they're, they're perfect. So <laughs> let's dig in. I'm going to read the IMDb synopses just so that we can see how IMDb did on these. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go through a little, we'll, we'll do our best to go through a quick plot recap of all three movies. Hard. Pray for us. <laughs> so hard. So starting with IMDb synopsis for Fear Street 1994. A circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shadyside. Welcome to Shadyside. (laughs) Do you want me to do uh, 1978? Yeah, do it. Do you want to? You almost never get to do that. I know. I'm so excited. All right. Here's our one for 1978. Shadyside, 1978. School's out for the summer, and the activities at Camp Nightwing are about to begin. But when another shady cider is possessed with the urge to kill, the fun in the sun becomes a gruesome fight for survival. Amazing. Mm. And rounding us out, Fear Street 1666. The origins of Sarah Fear's curse are finally revealed as history comes full circle on a night that changes the lives of shady ciders forever. Honestly, uh, really uh, intense uh. IMDb synopses that I actually sort of like. 
Yeah, I'm kind of here for them. Which I'll is be honest. surprising because we never like them. The only the only criticism I have of the IMDb synopses, not no a single mention, mention yeah. of Dina or Sam or any other big old lesbian in this trilogy. Well, they did mention Sarah Fear. That's true. Who That's is true. A big Sarah Fear? Who is a big old lesbian? Who isn't? We'll it? Get. Listen, which who who isn't? isn't? I mean, that's why this is a less central because. There are a lot of lesbians in this. There are a lot of queer women. It is chock full. They're, chock full of lesbians. They're everywhere. So should we try our best to do a plot recap? Okay, so. I believe in us. I'll try to start with 1994. All right. Scene one, opening credits. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will say, okay, so before we started this, I literally wrote down three things. These are, I think, the three main points of 1994. Anyone? On Twitter, tell me what else you think are the three main points. For me, 1994 is Skull Mask, Sam Sees the Witch, Dina and Sam Forever. <laughs> That's the plot of 1994. But if we want to do it. like a general plot Let's, recap, I can I, go I more feel like in depth. <laughs> here's, the, here's the only reason that I want to talk about the plot just a little bit more is because I have talked to, you're not the only one, Ellie, who is afraid of horror movies. I've talked to a lot of people who I cannot convince to watch this movie or this this trilogy because they're scared. And so I just feel like we should at least give a little bit of a, a walkthrough for anyone who maybe is too you know, nervous to watch the whole trilogy, but maybe wants to understand a little bit about why we are going to have so many strong feelings yes. about it. Okay? Understandable. So 1994, maybe I'll I'll start us out in 1994, yeah? Yes. Okay, I'm going to try to hit the big plot points. 1994, we learn through an opening murder scene that Shadyside has a history of murders every few years some random shady cider just kind of snaps, goes on a murder spree, and this just keeps happening over and over again. And we also meet Dina. the one, the only Dina. Dina. Baby Dina. Baby Dina. Baby lesbian who is with so much angst. So gay and has just broken up with her girlfriend Sam because Sam moved to Sunnyvale, which is the bright and shiny and happy counterpart to shady side where nobody ever murders at all classic and Just... also like sh- right nobody murders but also like shady side is poor sunnyvale is wealthy like there's just like yeah. mansions and huge houses and like everyone's happy and free and shady side is like drug filled and crime filled and we don't need to get too much in the ana- into the analysis, but add this to the analysis because I want to talk about the um, the economics that we that are discussed. Like, yeah, yeah, later, later. Um, it also it reminds me of how it's kind of like the horror movie equivalent of like Pawnee and Eagleton and yes. Brooks and Rec. Yes, <laughs> it's like that. It's like it's that. like that, but with murder. But with murders, yeah, with with murder. It's like take away Leslie Nope and replace it with serial killers. And like, that's what you have. Yes. So, yeah. So we learn about all of that. But then we also, something kind of happens where like Dina maybe accidentally causes like a car accident with the car that Sam's in. Sam is like crawling around in this like, you know, moss everywhere and has these weird visions and then suddenly is being chased by a whole bunch of ghosts. Yep. A lot of ghosts want to kill Sam. 
in the meantime, they kill a whole lot of other people. A lot of other people, yes. <laughs> like a lot of people. But what we end up with is this collection of we have Dina, we have her brother Josh, we have her best friends, Kate and Simon, who also love them. True. R.I.P. I know. R.I.P. Kate and Simon. We love them. R.I.P. Kate and Simon. I'm so sorry. But they basically form this whole little group that is trying to keep Sam alive. They realize, like, they learn some things. Like, it's Sam's blood that all the ghosts are after. And so anyone who, like, got Sam's blood on them is why other people keep getting murdered and all this stuff. So... We're learning, we're building some lore of the world they're in. We're learning about some more of the ghosts. Like the first ghost who comes after them is the ghost that we saw in the opening scene who is wearing this skull, skull mask. mask. And we we meet the ghost of Ruby Lane who sings this real creepy, creepy song. You always Super hurt scary. the one you love. Is that what it is? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Creepy. She's she's fun. Creepy, but also hot. I get it. Si- also, <laughs> Simon has a thing for her, which I understand. Simon's not wrong, but she also might kill you with a with a razor blade. So, like, you know, Be pick your poison, I guess. <laughs> uh, we meet Nightwing Killer, who has a fun sack over his face and just wants to kill you with an axe. You know, just like all the hot hitters of Shadyside murders. Yep. The of, big ones. Of the past. The big ones you know? from the past 300 years. You know what I realized? It's is, a who's who of is, murderers. Is Cyrus not one of them? We don't see Cyrus, at least. He's not one of the ones who seems to come back. I mean, there's, you know, if you look at the history of the murders, there should be like, I mean, what, like 60, 70 people over the years. So like, we're missing a few. We kind of only get a handful. Yeah, there should definitely be more. But I think maybe it was just a casting thing. <laughs> they couldn't. They had to pick. It's a casting thing, or I feel like it. it might also be, I'm wondering if it's, if in the the you know lore of the movie, it seems like it's the most recent ones, like the more recent ones. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Because like because we start with like Skull Face, and then we have Nightwing, and then we have Ruby, and then we have whoever the the Milkman, Milkman, and then the weird scary kid or something. Oh, that's why we'll talk about it when we get to 1978, because that's when the kid shows up. So that's what I think. I think it might be like a like climbing your way back through mm. time kind of deal. So. Anyways, there's lots of murderers. They're all trying to kill Sam. Everyone's just trying to stay alive. It is your classic, like, jump scare slash gore horror film with, like, a pounding 90s soundtrack and a lot of, like, ah, jump scares. And there's, like, someone running across the back of the screen with a big, like, blah, like, sound to scare you and stuff. It's great. It's a lot of, it's a lot of good fun until everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, a lot of jump scares, a lot of gore. Like, someone gets their head in a bread slicer that really got me oh it's it's so bad it's so gory um but we they try a lot of things they realize they can't kill the ghosts they don't know what they're gonna do they find a clue and the clue comes in the form of josh josh is obsessed with the history of these murders in the town and he realizes that the previous murder the nightwing murders at camp nightwing that there was a survivor who also saw Sarah Fear. Yep. So they think Sarah Fear, C. Berman, saw Sarah Fear and yet survived, but only because she technically died the night of the massacre. Uh, And so they think if they can kill Sam but bring her back to life, that they can uh, end the the curse. curse 
break her hold on Sam. And so that is their whole plan is keep Sam long enough, uh, alive long enough to kill her. <laughs> yep. And bring her back. But it's, listen, it's beautiful. Dina and Sam are everything together. Love them. Love them so much. I mean, should we talk about Dina and Sam's love story? So not yet. Not yet. You want to talk about it as a whole? I want to get through everything and then like really dig in because I'm never going to stop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and because it's hard to talk. It's hard for me to talk about Dina and Sam without getting into stuff that's in the other movies. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, there's th- plenty of things that happen with Dina and Sam besides like, oh, I know. Dina kills. There's so many. Dina kills Sam and brings Sam back to life. And listen, they were broken up at the listen. beginning. They get back together in the middle of this of 1994. They're and, like, let's hook up over yeah, here. Let's, let's hook, hook up, up over everywhere. There. Blah, blah, blah. I, yeah. I, so, yeah. So in terms of their relationship, that's all. Else. I just want to say like they were not together <laughs> at the beginning, together in the middle. Dina kills Sam, brings Sam back to life. That's where we're at at the end of 1994. Yes. Simon and Kate, sadly, both do not survive the first movie. R.I.P. They were great. Love them. Also, I feel like both bisexual, but like, let's talk oh, about that sure, later as sure. well. But later, yeah, later. <laughs> so they do bring Sam, they do kill Sam, bring Sam back to life. And you think, yay, they've avoided the curse. They're all in the clear now. Everything's fine, except... Everything is not fine because Sam seems hella possessed. <laughs> yep. Very, 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 very possessed. possessed. And just in time that she is possessed is when Dina gets a phone call from one C. C. Berman. C. Berman, who reaches out to say, you think it's over. It is not over. As Sam plunges a knife into Dina's abdomen. No good. And that's where we end 1994. Do you want to do a quick walkthrough of 78 for us? I'll do my best. All right, 1978. (laughs) I believe in you. So that brings us to 1978. So we meet up with C. Berman, and we find, right, C. Berman was at the Nightwing Massacre. So then we're brought back to 1978 at Camp Nightwing. We see that C. Berman says, my sister died in the Nightwing Massacre. So you see... This flashback, you have Ziggy, who is the younger of the two Bermans, and her whole thing is that, like, she's crazy and nobody likes her because she's a weird- I'm a rebel and a freak and I'm misunderstood. Yeah, she's a weird rebel, but she's awesome. I read Stephen King books and I have red hair. Yeah, exactly. I'm also, like, um, really playing into the gingers, our weird thing, which- not yeah, a fan, yep, not yep. a fan, but it's okay. Um, and then you have Cindy Berman, who is the older of the two. And she is a camp counselor. She is like straight laced. She has her boyfriend, Tommy. She's a virgin and she's like so sweet and pure and she's going to get out of shady side. We find out as we're going through that Tommy is our next murderer. We have Ruby Lane's mother who's there. She tries to prevent Tommy from killing everyone. She tries to kill Tommy to stop him from killing everyone. Doesn't work. Which, like, shout out to Nurse Lane, though, right? Nurse Lane was really trying to stop. (laughs) Nurse Lane was like, I'm just gonna, like, straight up try to murder this teenage boy right now. And you're like, yeah. 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 If only you had succeeded. If she had succeeded, it would have been better. But to be fair, we know what happens in the rest of the movies. Someone else would have gone psycho. But. Either way, she was tr- she was doing her best. So we're also finding out like more about the lore too, right? Of like 
Tommy's name is on this like slab mm-hmm. on in this like creepy basement cavern that seems to have been there since Seraphir times, right? So we think that this it's is a, it's a creepy devil ritual cave. It's a, like yeah, that's cre- what it is. Creepy devil ritual cave. There's the names of every single shady side killer before Tommy are all on this wall. Um and Cindy Cindy Alice, Alice's boyfriend and Tommy find this cave. Once they find the cave, Tommy goes psycho and kills Alice's boyfriend. And then Cindy and Alice are basically together for this entire movie, exploring the caves, finding some new information about Sarah Fear and these creepy caves, which we'll talk about later because Cindy and Alice are gay. Meanwhile, Arnie, his name is Arnie. Tommy kills Arnie. Tommy also kills a bunch of other people, <laughs> like a lot. Tommy hacks up a lot of kids. A let's, lot of kids. Let's, yeah, let's which put it is that horrible. way. We learn more about Nick Good, who is the sheriff in 1994. He has a crush on Ziggy. So there's like this whole love story between the two of them where they're like trying to survive, but also kissing. <laughs> and Nick is trying to save everyone at the camp, trying to get as many people out as possible. Nick Good is like the embodiment of, you know, when you see dudes now who are like, I just like cancel culture is just so hard. And like white men are just like really not understood. That's like Nick Good for me in this movie is he's like, it's just so hard being like the preppy rich white boy who's like going to take over. Yes. All of the responsibility of being sheriff and running the town of Sunnyvale because, like, no one understands how hard my life is. And, like, I'm just in love with the redhead, and it, that makes me so cool and different. Yes, you're right. But also, we know what happens in 1666, so <laughs> I'm, like, not spoiling 1666 Yeah, but even yet, before but we knew, I still was just, like, not into it. I know. I mean, he's very much, like, there's so much weight on my shoulders and it's hard. I've read Stephen King too. Yeah. I'm I just, literate. Yeah. All I want to do <laughs> is like have a crush on that weird girl who's like not even that weird. That annoys me, but whatever. So we have this whole thing with Nick Good. He's like su- supposedly our hero in 1978. Gets mm-hmm. everyone out on the bus. There's a few other things. I'm like, there's a few other things that, that happen before the end, which is that Cindy and Alice find. Sarah Fear's hand. Yeah. And so there's they this do. whole thing about how if you reunite the hand with the body, you'll end the curse. Like that's like the the lore, right? And so they're like, oh my God, we have to end this curse. Let's reunite the hand with the body. And so they're like running, running, running to get there. Alice gets murdered on the way. They find Ziggy too. So it's like Ziggy and Cindy are running towards the middle of, of Camp Nightwing towards this big tree, which is Seraphir's hanging tree, to reunite the hand with the body. And they find that the body is not there. It just says the witch lives forever or something, right? The witch forever lives yeah. on a rock that yeah. is buried under that tree. Yes. And then Cindy and Ziggy get hacked up. They're both dead. And then Nick comes and gives Ziggy mouth-to-mouth, revives her, and we find out Ziggy is C. Berman, not Cindy. We thought it was- The twist. We thought it was Cindy the whole time, but her name is really Christine. Oh, also, sorry, Ziggy saw Sarah Fear, right? She had blood on her hands. She touched the, um, the 
dirt where Sarah was supposedly buried, right? And she starts seeing the same visions that we see. Well, no, it's because she she bled on the hand, right? Oh, yeah, she bled on the hand. Yeah. And Oh, and Sam bled on the bones, on the body. Yes. Yeah. Either way, she sees the visions of Sarah Fear. She's like, Nick, you have to believe me. I saw the witch. And he's like, I don't believe you. You're crazy. And that's the end of it. Ziggy and Nick part ways because Ziggy's like, I thought Nick was different, but really he's this he's just a sunny veiler. That's that's the end of 1978, correct? It's almost the end of 1978. What happens is they decide to reunite yes. the hand with the body and so they go and dig up the hand because they know the hand was by the hanging tree which it turns out is in the center of the mall of course of course so they go dig up the hand and dina goes to goes to finally reunite sarah fears remains brings the hand to the body that sam found and she like reunites them and then looks up with this like flashbacky, you know, like gets transported back to 1666, and that's where we kick off. 1666. 1666. All right, you're gonna do it. <sighs> I'm gonna try. Okay, <laughs> here we go. So 1666. 1666 is told with fabulous accents. <laughs> Those accents. I'm sorry. I that was the only <laughs> thing. Like great, but like what? Why the accents were so bad? But because it's old timey, and now you can tell yeah, them apart. So it's old timey. Basically, but they were Scottish. Like, well, you, they, I don't know. Where did people not, come from in 1666? It was not the right. It was not the right accents. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> All right, continue. 1666. What happens is we basically get this recasting of time. So we are meant to believe that all of these people are like their, you know, ancestors or the, you know, original settlers of Union, which was the town that grew into both Sunnyvale and Shadyside. And so all of these characters are now being played by the actors from all of the other roles. So like, hey, Dina. Hey, Josh. Hey, Cindy and Ziggy. Hey, Kate and Simon. We got like, we got everyone. Hey, Sheriff Good. All the, you know, fun, familiar faces, which like I do kind of like. I like that you get to see people like playing different roles and I think it's fun and it kind of like helps tie all of it together, you know? The one actor that I'll say was the best was Mad Thomas. Yeah, Thomas was great. That's all. Tommy from, a- a plus from 1978 work, turns into the town drunk in 1666 and does a great job. That's all. Great actor. He was great. So what you have is the story of Sarah Fear experienced by Dina. And so Dina basically like travels back to this vision of the 1666 union where she gets to see Sarah, you know, like birthing piglets and... Going uh, going through town and meeting the pastor's daughter, Hannah Miller, who is the same actress who plays Sam. And you immediately pick up on, like, just... Some vibes. Vibes. Just vibes. <laughs> vibes between the two of them. And they don't... What I love about the 1666 movie is, like, they don't waste a lot of time either with, like... It's it's the night of a full moon. All of the, you know, town youths are going to go out drinking at night and they're going to like take some hallucinogenic berries and they're going to 
like, have a good old time in the woods after dark, which, like, A-plus kids it Sounds have like fun. a great time. But here's the problem. Ellie, don't you hate it when you just, like, decide to rail your girlfriend on some rocks in the woods and it's, like, the same night that someone makes a deal with the devil? The worst. Like, the worst. Bad timing. So inconvenient. Bad the timing. timing really sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, we have Sarah and Hannah are, like, I love them. <laughs> I will, I love them. We'll talk about just, we'll talk about that. To be like I also was cracking up so I'm watching this with my girlfriend who is upset like I could do without old-timey lesbians. Like I just <laughs> I'm done with the glances. I'm over it. She loves she's obsessed with the tension. She was like, this oh. must have been like crack. It was like this one. She was like, oh, my God. She was like, they're amazing. Like, you know what I mean? She's like, the looks, <laughs> the looks, the everything. But to be fair, like, we get the looks and we also get her like eating her out by the rocks. Like, I'm for this. Y- yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, they good. they do this whole kind of like portrait of a lady on fire, like the giant bonfire scene where they're like, like circling each yes. other around the edges of this bonfire and they're just like super smoldering eye contact and they're like undressing each other with their eyes and then they like run away into the woods and they're making out and you're like I'm here for it yep. and then like Sarah Fear's like getting up that skirt in like, like two seconds second. flat and you're like wow hot damn girl yeah. like get it and also uh, I know we're not like trying to discuss it. this too much but that feels like it was not the first time if that's where you're going. It's they sure make it seem like it was the first like, time. They make though, it seem right? like it was the first time, but like they started kissing and she's on the skirt. Like, I guess it's like probably for some people are just naturals for Ellie, the I purpose of like shortness of the film. <laughs> but it was like, I would expect, you know, a little more a little more lead in. I mean a little more she knows what she wants. I, I don't know. So. Yeah. So also I realized in my haste to get to the lesbians, I missed an important plot detail, which is they get those hallucinogenic berries from the widow, the widow. Yes. And they go see the widow and she has these berries. But also um, while they're like rifling through her shit, she has this real fun, like, you know, DIY devil ritual book, mm-hmm. like selling your soul to the devil for dummies, uh, just chilling in her Love place. It. That Sam like flips through and she's like, well, this doesn't look good. And that will be important later because what ends up happening is despite their super cute, like blossoming romance, they wake up the next morning to not the greatest day in the town of Union. So Hannah shows up to get Sarah because she's like, whoa, something's wrong with my dad. And they go and like Pastor Miller is just in the back room, like muttering to himself under his breath and like looking real creepy and scary. And and I think, what does Hannah say? She's like, it's like something crawled in in the night and like it's wearing, wearing him like a suit. Skin, yeah, like a bit yeah, skin like, suit, basically. Something yeah. is weird and they all know it, right? And of course, like ugh, these two little baby dykes and they're just like is it us because we're gay oh no which like we will dig into this whole plot point 
but basically, like, everything starts to go wrong in Union. Like, all their food is rotting, like, the animals are all dying, the pig just ate all the piglets, like, everything is shit, everything is bad, and everyone is like, what is going on? And it goes from bad to worse real fast, yep. because, oops, um, Skin Suit Miller locked himself <laughs> in the skin church suit Miller. <laughs> with all of the kids and like ripped everyone's eyeballs out and yeah. it's real bad was, it's real bad it's a, a low point for us it was not <laughs> great not great bob and so everyone is like well this isn't great so uh pastor miller uh you know solomon good ends up killing pastor miller and all this stuff but then somebody has to be blamed and so they have this whole like town hall meeting where everyone is like screaming and yelling about, like, the Bible and sin and the devil has come to union and all this stuff. And, of course, who does everyone blame? The lesbians. The lesbians. They blame the lesbians. They're like, round up them as witches. We're going to hang them all, and then everything will get better. Uh, and so Sam, not Sam, Sarah and Hannah. Hannah try to run. Hannah falls and is like, go on without me. So she gets captured Sarah keeps running and ends up like running, running, running and deciding that she's going to run back to try to steal the widow's picture book of the devil to make a deal with the devil to save them. And she's like, if they want a witch, I'll give I'll them a, give witch. Them a witch. She goes to find that book, but there is A, no book, and B, a very dead widow. And so instead, she ends up running to the nearest safe haven for her, which is Solomon Good. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. Solomon Good, who actually, whoops, did make a deal with the devil and then ends up like attacking Sarah, hacking her hand off, and then like handing her straight over to the townspeople, being like, whoops, found a witch, better hang her fast, do it now. It was definitely Quick. her. To be- kill, and, kill, kill. He did all this because he loves her, though. Forgot, forget about that, Lee. I know. I'm just I'm saying. I'm saying how disgusting this man. But I love you, Sarah, as like cut off your hand. Yeah. Um. It's real gory. It's real bad. They're about to hang Sarah and Hannah both, and they're like, "Confess your sins. Confess." And uh, Sarah sacrificial Fear. lesbian. Yep. Sarah Fear. You bastard is like, I confess, I made a deal with the devil. I sold my soul to Satan. I seduced Hannah. I clouded her mind. Ah, it's all my fault. She did nothing. And ugh. I know. Ugh. Okay. So she gets hanged. It's real bad. Everyone's very sad. Like her friends and Hannah, no one else in town is real sad yeah. about it. I mean, they're like, which. And then, so we flash forward to back to 1994, where Sam is realizing, like, oh, damn, this is what happened. And so they decide to set a trap for Sheriff Good. They're, like, trying to use, like, Sam's blood to set all these traps. And they, like, do this whole thing at the mall where they're, like, luring the ghosts in to kill him. And I care about this part less, so, like, they kill Sheriff Good uh, and the curse. And, like, it's fine. Let's talk about lesbians. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the big, re- like, the big reveal is, like, that, to be clear, Solomon Good made a deal with the devil, which means that every single good firstborn son needs to sacrifice a shady, shady cider to keep the devil happy, and they've been doing it for 300 years. 
they have been just murdering shady siders in the name of in the name of keeping the peace in Sunnyvale. They just kill shady siders. And, and yeah. listen, listen. Here's why I here's why I am obsessed with this trilogy, okay? Because anyone who has like read any R.L. Stein or who has watched any horror movies or like any of this genre of of stuff it is not a huge surprise when you learn that like oh sheriff good is actually not good like you know that's coming everyone knows that's coming right but you don't know how and what i love about this movie is that to me the reveal of this movie could be boiled down to every shady cider being like why is our town cursed and you're like because your ancestors were homophobes and like how fucking beautiful of a reveal is that yep. like it's not even just like oh the real bad guy wasn't seraphir the whole time what it's like no literally the entire like your town every generation after generation like teenager after teenager and murder after murder all of this happened why because puritanical homophobia yep and i'm like Ah, uh, I love it so much. I live for it. Well, no, it's also like- I want like, to like just swim in a pool of that message forever. Just forever. That's all I want. Well, it's also just I like the re- the reveal of Sarah Fear as a lesbian where you're just like, of fucking course. Okay, so it's it's right. It's It's men blaming lesbians, but it's also just like men blaming women, right? So it's like, for the whole thing, too, you are just buying into the fact that this witch cursed, right? Because that's how it works, right? Oh, witches, they do curses, right? So I also find it fascinating the way that the audience now reacts to Fear Street because I also think it's a commentary on the Shady Siders and Sunnyvalers, but it's a commentary on people now as well, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're that surprised, that Nick Good was the evil one all along, then that says more about you <laughs> than it does about the trilogy, right? Like, yes. if you're like, how could that have happened? But like, when you see that and you're like, oh yeah, I actually hated him in 1978. He sucked. You're like, oh, because this. But there's so many people. I'm like, if we want to get into Twitter discourse, but like, there's so many people on social media, on freaking Tumblr, whatever, who ship Ziggy and Nick Good, okay? So Nick, who tried- Jail. Jail. Nick, <laughs> Straight to jail. Nick Good, who who base, he killed everyone in the massacre. Yeah. He was the one who killed everyone in the massacre. Like, okay, he didn't hold the axe. He put Tommy's name on there, and everyone who died, it was because of Nick Good. And people are like, oh, but Nick and Ziggy were so cute together. And I just don't really like Dina and Sam together. You are telling on yourself. Like you are. And you are messed up. Tell me you're homophobic without telling me you're homophobic. But like literally, it's insane. And they also, sorry to go, but this is a really important thing that I want to talk about with this movie. So they go even further to a lot of people on social media. They say, oh, they don't like Dina and Sam. Number one, they're like, oh, they don't have that much chemistry. I just don't buy it, blah, blah, blah. That I can like maybe be like opinion, whatever. The thing that gets me 
is that they blame Dina and Sam for Kate and Simon's murders. And the entire point of 1666 is that Hannah and Sarah were blamed for all of the murders that Cyrus good that Cyrus did, the pastor, like technically did, right? If you wanted to be like, mm-hmm. let's not pretend, let's if we didn't know that. Nick Good was, or Solomon Good was orchestrating this, but that Solomon Good did. And yeah. you're going to blame the lesbians because they didn't kill Sam fast enough for you, but you're not going to blame the person who literally brought the murderers out to kill. It's ridiculous. Insane. Ridiculous. It's insane. Well, and here's here's the thing too, because here's why I love it. I, I I know you and I tend to fall a, lo- a little more on the same camp on this, Ellie, where, like, the whole, like, old-timey lesbians thing. Like, yes, I'm a little also over it. Like, give me some modern-day lesbian stories, queer stories. I- it's not that I don't like the old-timey stuff. I do-, I do, like, everyone likes pining. Everyone likes angst. It's good all around. But here's why we get tired of those stories is because they end <laughs> the way. Yep. That's Sarah and Hannah end. We're like the I still because um the only thing that I did is I like went back and like tried to because I watched the movies a few weeks ago. We decided to do this. I had taken zero notes. And so I went back to watch some of 1666 and like kind of skipped through. And I got to that scene where they hang Sarah Fear, which like ugh, Oof. it is rough. It is. And I still like part of me enjoys it in hindsight, like knowing what is happening. But, like, there's this one shot after she dies on the rope where everyone else has left, and all you see is Sarah hanging and Hannah kneeling, broken on the ground, staring up at the dead body of her, like, one single night love, right? And I'm just like, it, every... Every queer person who watches this and and when we watch so many of these movies that like it just like hollows you out because that's how those stories ended. (laughs) That's how like and like, yes, we can get into the like historically like plenty of queer people lived happy, fulfilling like lives together throughout history. Yes. Do we ever see them (laughs) in Hollywood? (laughs) No, no. But no, we do not. The thing that is, I think good about this is like you're saying okay yes those stories usually end this way but with this trilogy we get this like reincarnation where it's like okay so yes Sarah and Hannah's story ended this way but here's how Dina and Sam's story is going to go because they live in a different time and they can survive and that's that's why listen accents aside all of that it's why i think the dual casting was so important in this series because that's what it does it allows sarah and hannah to get to live again to get that second chance even though consciously you know and they keep showing you like the 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 other actress who like is Sarah Fear and they keep showing you her face and they and they like show you her dying as well and so like you know you understand that like Dina and Sam are not Sarah and Hannah yes but because of the casting that's what you get to see is the story that they never got to have through Dina and Sam and it's brilliant it's so fucking brilliant to like take what is a barrier gaze 
right? What yep. is a horrible, sad, depressing, ends in death story of old timey lesbians. And to take those same actresses and say, but now here they are back on that rock. Uh, and like, okay, you don't get to see them rail each other this time, but like, you know what they're doing. I mean, <laughs> but you get to see them be happy and you know that like this is just the beginning of their story. And it's, I just, ugh, yes, I just want to scream about this movie forever. Like, wait, forever. Also, you, know just... what I'm, you know what I just realized, which I should have realized before? All of Sarah Fear's friends take her body and move it to the place where she ate Hannah out. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like just yes. realized it's the same place. They're like, where they, should we bury her? We and bury Hannah's her like, I have an idea. And Hannah's like, this is the best place to bury her body. This is this where is... she would want to live forever. And they're like, why? And she's like, no reason. No reason. <laughs> she just liked this rock. <laughs> this yeah. was just our boning rock. Please bury her here. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally amazing. No, well, okay, wait, wait. Sorry, just while I'm thinking of it real quick, can we also discuss the, like, hashtag relatable content of giant old lesbian uh, Sarah Fear, who is like, I touched a boob one time, and, like, did I ever live before tonight? And you're like, accurate, fair. I mean, to be fair, (laughs) you haven't. Fair. We've all been there, Sarah. We get it. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit. I Like, let's talk a little bit about Dina and Sam's love story. As we're saying, like, we're sort of skipping to the end of their love story at 1666. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Yeah. So I know you had a lot of thoughts. Tell me your thoughts about Dina and Sam's love story. I just 
listen, I love all the lesbians in this. I love them all. I, they're just, they're so relatable. Like, I love angsty, broken up Dina being like, I'm so over Sam. I'm going to make a box of all of our stuff and the mixtape I made her and I'm going to give it back to her at the football game because it is like so every high school lesbian. <laughs> right? Like, so dramatic too of like, yes. let me do it in the most, in the place that's like, she can't escape me. Like, I'm here and I'm going to, like, give it to her. And I'm going to see her face when she takes this box. And she's going to be sorry she ever left me. You're like, oh, my God. I love Dina, it. Calm down. I love it. But then also, like, the second that she's, like, in danger at all, she's like, I would die for you. And you're like, okay, there yep. it is. Yep. There it is. And she will do anything any lengths whatever it takes like she is going to let no harm come to sam and like she i just love her i love dina so much she is so i think like super relatable content for so many queer people to just be like look at this like stupid chivalrous lesbian <laughs> who is also like the angstiest most overly dramatic like emo thing on the planet and you're like yep the entire trilogy is literally just like people were crack were also cracking me up on twitter where they're like how can you even like sam she was possessed for like half of the like you don't even know who she is like what's her personality but but basically like half of the movie series at least is like you said like is just dina being like I will not let the love of my life die. I will. They're like 16 years old and you're like, yes. And you're like, fine. yeah, I buy you're getting I buy married. In. I yep. buy in. <laughs> like I will chain her. I will chain her up so that her possessed person doesn't try to kill me. But like I will figure out how to get you back. When at the end of 1994, they have this really cute scene where they're like both in bed and they're kissing and being cute. And she gives her the mixtape, right? And she's like, I knew you always loved me, blah, blah, blah. And then Dina goes on the phone, right? And Sam comes and stabs her, right? And you barely can tell that she's been stabbed. Like, I don't feel like she actually is hurting from the stab wound. She's just sad that her girlfriend is not herself. <laughs> she's like knife sticking out of her stomach she's like baby are you okay like literally though <laughs> are you feeling okay do you want some tea that's how she is like she really is though like she, i was like did she get stabbed because she was just like wait are you okay it's like so you're true, though are it's you, so real oh, are you okay dina like are you okay and like that's the parallels between dina and sarah fear right i was like this like sacrificial lesbian right of like I will sacrifice anything for this other person. I do hope, because I feel like we don't really get to see this that often in the trilogies because Dina is so selfless towards Sam. I do hope that like long-term Sam is also that for Dina because we don't really mm -hmm. get to see that. And I feel like you could debate like, is Dina too self-sacrificing for Sam, which is what her friends were seeing, but she loves her. Listen, I don't I don't need to be the shipper who's like they have to get married and have a family and spend the rest of their lives together. I'm just the shipper who is like I love these like absolute absolute idiots. I love them. You are 
what 16 17 stupid in love and i am here for here it for it and that's all that's all i need also that's in terms of lesbian representation i obviously like we want i want to talk about barrier gays because obviously sarah fear dies however we do have two leads dina and sam who are in every single trilogy they are the stars of the show and they don't die Mm-hmm. And that in a horror film is very important for queer rep. This also might be a good segue for me um, to the next thing that I would like to talk about, because I think you're hitting on a very important thing that also ties closely to another thing that I feel very strongly about in this trilogy series, which is my other favorite giant lesbian, Cindy Berman. <laughs> I knew you were going to transition into Cindy Berman. And I didn't of know. Of I, I didn't know how, but I knew it was coming. All right. So um, what listen, do you want to say? Ta- talk you to me. handed me. this to me on a platter. And here's why. Because I think you have a very important point, which is that you are correct. The main characters of this entire trilogy are lesbians. And I think that is on purpose, and it is why I will absolutely die on the hill of Cindy Berman as a lesbian, okay? And here's why. Because I understand the (gasps) shock factor 78 twist of like, you know, all you know is C. Berman, you meet Ziggy Berman and Cindy Berman, and the whole movie is basically told from the perspective of Cindy, and we we know C. Berman survives the night, And so you go the whole movie being like, Cindy Berman, oh, it's so sad that Ziggy's going to die. That's what's so sad. Oh, no, what's going to happen? I'm so on the edge of my seat waiting to see how Ziggy dies. And then the twist at the end is Cindy dies and Ziggy survives. Christine Berman was the C. Berman that lived. And like, fine, I get that twist. But here's the thing. The main character of that movie is Cindy. And I refuse to believe that in this trilogy, they made one of the movies where the main character is not a lesbian. I think there are too many obvious parallels between Sam and Dina's story to Cindy's and Alice. Alice's story where like same thing, you have one of them who is like, I'm going to get out. I'm going to be the perfect like poster child. I'm going to be like the valedictorian and I'm going to do all the right things. and I'm going to make all the right choices and I'm going to get out of shady side. I'm going to do that by repressing parts of myself that are less than desirable, right? And also because it requires them to do some things that I, like, the one thing I'm going to, I will gloss over in this movie and just be like, it's fine, is the obvious plot hole of, like, we are supposed to believe that Ziggy realized this whole story of things that Cindy saw in the caves and experienced with Alice, and they are the only two people who saw the wall, who saw the the heart, who saw the whole cave structure, and like she tells that whole story to Dina and Josh, even though she wasn't there. Cin- at all. Cindy and Alice yeah, both yeah. died, and she wasn't there in any way. So I'm like, there has to be more of a reason to me other than just the like shock plot twist at the end that they chose to make the movie about Cindy, and it is because she's a lesbian. I'm very much here for that because I was watching 1978 and I was like, oh, this should be gayer because I just had sat through a super gay movie. But if you look at it through the lens of Cindy as a lesbian, then 1978 is a super gay. It's a super super gay gay movie. movie. Also, if you want to talk about they all are. 
gay tropes, right? You have Cindy and Alice, who used to be best friends, had a huge falling out, which is like, okay, best friend breakups are a very, very gay thing because that relationship was so intense. Think about um, April and Sterling. You know, mm-hmm. like the best friend breakups. There's obviously and doesn't some doesn't she say at feelings. one point? Like, doesn't Cindy say at one point that she like specifically calls out how she wanted to like distance from like all of the kind of shady side things, and she like specifically says like staying away from Alice. Yep. Like that was like a big thing for her. She's like, I had to stay away from you to get out of here. Yep. Because like, pl- gay like please. Also, Please. like, not to be stereotypical, we know what Alice looks like. Like, she's a lesbian. <laughs> well, and she's she's got the classic, well, yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> Alice, 100%. I could get disaster by vibes yeah, from yeah, Alice. Yeah, for sure. I will give her that. Because she, she, does, she does seem to love Arnie. love Arnie. Yeah. Yes, you're right. But, like, let's talk about Cindy and Tommy, right? Like, oh, I'm just the perfect, like, a plus student who's like the camp counselor and I do everything right and I have the perfect boyfriend who every time he tries to touch me, I am like, please don't Stop. ever touch yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I have to be pure and virginal. And it's like, okay, yes. also probably you do not like him touching you. Like Yes, and every it, time anyone asks her, like, why did you like Tommy? And she's like, I don't know, he's sweet, I guess. Yeah, like there's nothing, there is no substance to her feelings for Tommy. And I feel like it also is like it is so easy to be sweet and virginal when you are a lesbian. <laughs> like yes. it's so easy to be a virgin yes. in high school when you are gay and suppressing it. Like it's not. It's very easy. Speaking from experience. And she's so speaking from experience. Is. It is very so easy. Is. Very easy. But like to not given the- to temptation because there's literally no temptation. The whole core of this trilogy series is homophobia. Yes. Like internalized homophobia, externals, town homophobia. Like this is a series about homophobia and how it destroys queer people's lives. And I refuse. You can't. I this absolutely. I would die on this hill. Cindy Berman is that representation in 1978. That is the movie that happens. It is why it is her story. It is why she's the main character. It is why we learn uh, the things about her that we learn in the way that we learn them in that movie. I'm, Big old dyke. I'm here for it. I think you're 100% accurate. Yeah, there's, there's no argument for me there. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. Yeah, Cindy Berman also makes me really sad that her and Alice didn't make it because I really felt like they could have like they could have had a nice little thing together if they got out of there. Oh, wait, sorry. That just also reminded me of the whole scene where like Alice dies too and like Cindy's reaction, right? Rough. Like Yeah, she was in love like, with Alice. Like I'm sorry. She was in love with Alice. Like that whole story of how she's like, "Oh my god, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could hurt Tommy. I don't know what to do. How will we survive this?" Ah, I'm so helpless. And then it's like the second like Alice is hurt and in danger and she's like, "Bitch, I am going to kill everyone and anyone who gets in my way yep. and like I'm going to save you and we're going to do it." And then we're hugging and I'm so happy and like, "Oh my god, no you got like attacked. Like stay with me, don't leave me." And you're like, "Oh." God. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> that dear listeners is a lesbian. That right there. That's what that is. Straight up straight up lesbian. Let's talk a little bit. I know we're bouncing around a bit. I want to talk about what we 
have always said, which is magic is inherently gay, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like I should have known earlier that the witch was a lesbian. How did I miss it of like, oh, witch, gay, probably, right? Like we should have here's, known. Here's why. Uh, because every every queer person who watches this trilogy, let's talk about the... I hate Sarah Fear. Why is she attacking our beautiful lesbians? Two, I would commit murder for Sarah Fear pipeline. Yep. Because that's why. Because we we get tricked away from our own like innate knowledge that like witches are always gonna be gay by the fact that we think Sarah Fear is attacking our lesbians. And so we're like, she must be like a bad witch somehow. I don't know, but Boo, Sarah Fear. And then the second that you see Sarah Fear lock eyes with Hannah Miller, you're like what is oh. happening? And like, I would die for Sarah Fear. <laughs> so true. And also, I'm like, if we're talking about, oh my God, this movie is like, blow, this series is blowing my mind right now. Come on, get here with me, Ellie. Yes, exist in this about space with me. Homophobia in general. Also, I feel like then you can also be like, it's like this infighting within our community where you like, yeah, because Sarah Fear, quote unquote, you think is hurting your community and you don't realize she's actually a part of your our community but then when you realize that she's one of us it changes everything it changes everything wild mind blown wild this trilogy is a masterpiece it really just like it's it's deep it's got a lot it's got a lot a lot of substance it really does and terrifying like slasher film series like listen we just talked again about how my dream is to like experience the people who got sucked into teenage bounty hunters and then we're like what lesbians wait a second i i just want to watch like straight people who were like i'm a big horror fan or i love rl stein i want to watch them watch this and i want to i want to like know people's thought process on like their realization of like oh it was homophobia all along (laughs) i don't necessarily know if that like i know some people are coming to that realization but i also feel like like just to see some of the discourse online i still feel like people didn't get it how how do you miss that how do you see mad thomas being like sinners sinners at sarah and hannah kissing and being like uh sinners witches hang the witch and not realize what was the problem the problem was there was no thought there was no logic there was no investigation there was nothing but knee-jerk immediate homophobia and that is why Every single shady cider has lived with this curse for 300 years. 300 years of nobody willing to examine the quick, immediate decision to toss a lesbian under the bus. <laughs> and also, how les- do you miss that? How would anyone were miss the that? the ones who had to save you. Like, you literally would not have been saved without the lesbians. Without all of the lesbians, because it's not even just that Sam and Dina saved them. It's that Sarah Fear refused to let the goods 
do this. She would like that whole speech where she's like, I will like follow you and I, the truth will come out and like, you can't hide because I will shadow you. And like, she's just like silently growing her moss patch over the centuries so that more and more people might see the truth. And the only way to break the curse is to see the reality and experience life through the eyes of a lesbian. Yep. What? It's what? It's beautiful. Come on. Like, come on. I can't. I can't. It's too good. Also, <laughs> there's so many things. I always, every, every time I watch any sort of thing, I'm like, I have to go to Twitter and see what people are saying. But <laughs> I was cracking up at some of the things people were saying, though, where they were like, well, her visions were not very helpful. Like, <laughs> to be fair, the reason She's like, that- here's me screaming covered in blood with no yeah, hand. Yeah. And you're like, maybe like a better hint. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like, why can't we like have seen Solomon good in these? Like, yeah. You know, but I guess it was because they needed to Four reunite. syllables sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like she's like the truth will haunt you, but I don't know exactly how to tell the truth to these people. <laughs> well, listen, she wasn't really a witch. Maybe it's like complicated. Yeah, you know, she yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah. like a spell or book. like you couldn't have shown like like the scene by the rocks. Like everyone's like, whoa, Sarah yeah. Fear was real gay. Like <laughs> they're like, wait a minute, I touched this moss with like blood on my hands, and suddenly I was watching. I was watching sex. porn. I- <laughs> How'd this happen? But yeah, I mean, obviously, once the hands reunited, then we see everything, blah, blah, blah. But it is like this entire. They're like, did she have a hand under that skirt? I couldn't tell. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> did she ever have a hand? We'll never know. Um, <laughs> literally crazy. I mean, in terms of representation, we do get multiple sex scenes, which I'm always here for. We get sex scene with Dina and Sam. We get sex scene with Dina and Sam 2.0 slash Sarah and Hannah. We don't necessarily get lesbian sex in 1978, but like whatever happened in the, those caves, we'll never know. No, we we definitely get gross heterosex in 1978, yeah, and I'm not here for we're it. We're not. Yeah, we're not here for that. It was the 70s, but so. we actually get a lot of gross heterosex. Yeah, because we get we get Alice and Arnie, and then we also get like the other the other counselor. Who is he? Well, also I was confused. Wasn't that Nick Good's brother? Yeah, the the older brother and the girl who tried to hang Ziggy yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, okay, so get, like, very confusing plot hole. If he's the older yeah. brother, then he, Nick should not have been the one who was sacrificing people. The um, oldest does son. Does it have to be, is it the oldest son? Yeah, it's always, that's what they so, said. I don't think so, because Solomon wasn't the oldest. How do you know? Because he had an older brother. It was very confusing. I swear to God they said that. Well, well we'll have to watch it again, Ellie. Oh, For no. the plot holes. Ellie's never going to sleep again. <laughs> no, I won't. I haven't been sleeping very well since I saw it, to be honest. <laughs> what else? What else do we want to talk about with this film? Anything else? <sighs> I don't know. I just love it. I just, I'm obsessed with all of it. I think it's great. I think it is a brilliant, like, really, really smart, like, thoughtful like, I don't know. It's so interesting to me to watch this having experienced as much queer media as we have because it just feels like it turns so many things on on their heads. And, like, in really, like, like clever, nuanced ways that I'm, like, every time I think about more 
like parts of it, I'm like, wow, I love it. I love it even more. Like every new thing that I think of, it just it's so it hits, good. Yeah. It's so good. Uh wait, I wanna talk about two things, which are just my two semi uh lesbian rabbit holes. Um, one of which is that not only am I going to die on the hill that Cindy Berman is a giant lesbian, but <laughs> the other person who will be on that hill with me fighting to the death, unsurprisingly, just like Cindy, you know, like tried to save Ziggy to the end. Emily Rudd, who is the actress who plays Cindy Berman, is also obsessed with how much Cindy is a lesbian and seems to spend all of her days like retweeting and liking or sharing theories or posts or like fan vids or whatever of how gay Cindy is and I love it. <laughs> we are always here for an actor who like also thinks their character is gay. Yes. So here and for especially it. when there's like nothing canonically like confirmed. But, but it's to be just, fair, like, like of course she's gay. Of course she is. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing canonically except her entire relationship with Alice. Love it. The other thing that I think we should talk about as a quick lesbian rabbit hole is how Kiana Madera, who plays Dina and Sarah Fear, that actress, you could go and find in like way old school Barbell, which like a plus. I love. We love some lesbian rabbit holes. So many, like very few degrees of separation between us and Sarah Fear. One degree of separation. So true. (laughs) Amazing. All right, so we've decided the Fear Street trilogy, worth watching. If you have not seen it yet, I don't really like scary movies. I loved it. I I put myself through the anxiety to experience the joy of this lesbian love story so you can and, do it too. And was I right, Ellie? You was were it correct. It? You were very correct. It was so worth it. So you need to check it out. It's time for our Q and Gay. Are we ready? I am so ready. Q, 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 and, 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 gay. Okay, Ellie, question one. What is your favorite of the Fear Street movies? A, 1994, B, 1978, or C, 1666? 1666. Even though I'm like, eh, old-timey lesbians, it just, it pulled it all together so perfectly. It was a great finale. Love it. All right, question two, Lee. Who would you rather be killed by? A, the milkman, B, Ruby Lane, C, Nightwing, or D, Skull Mask? Listen, I have to go with Ruby. I I mean, if you're going to be murdered, it might as well be by, like, someone who's hot and singing at you. Like, why not? Agreed. Question three, Ellie. Who is gayer? A, Cindy and Alice, B, Dina and Sam, or C, Hannah and Sarah? Okay, this is a very difficult question. (sighs) I feel like... I'm going to go with Hannah and Sarah because that shit was intense. So short and she would literally die for her. But also like what is gayer than being like, I touched your boob once. I would like bring the earth to its knees for you. And I never lived before today. I will die for you. Yeah. Pretty gay. Yeah. Very gay. Oh, it's my turn. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was just thinking about Hannah and Sarah on the rock. All right. Question number four. Are you... And A, Shady Cider, or B, Sunny Valor. Shady Side. Shady come side. on. Fuck Sunny Do Vail. you mean the home of the gays? I'm a Shady Cider. Of course. Of course you are. Okay. Question five, Ellie. The, the real question here. Would you make a deal with the devil? A, yes. B, no. Or C, 
depends on what I would get. It's definitely a C for me. <laughs> um, depends on what I would get. There was like, <laughs> there was a running joke when we were in New York that I already have made a deal with the devil. Do you remember this? Vaguely, yes. I think, I don't remember why I even said it to, to begin with, but I did say it. And then like weird shit kept happening where like things would really fall into place for me. And Valerie and Caitlin were like, Ellie, what the fuck? <laughs> they were like, have you? I was like, uh, no, no, never. So what, what would you do? What would, is there like a threshold? Like, what would you do it for? <sighs> I feel like I would make a deal with the devil. I guess. Do I relate to Nick Good? No. <laughs> However, <laughs> I can understand making a deal with the devil to take care of your family. And make sure that they're okay for the rest of eternity, right? To be fair, he didn't even have a family. Like, they died. Nick? No, Solomon. Oh, Solomon. Yeah, but his was, like, about legacy, right? Like... I feel like it was stupider than that, even. I feel like he was like, oh, we think this land is fertile, but my brother wants me to move back to town. So, like, instead, I will sell my soul to the devil and, like, just sacrifice, like, hundreds and hundreds of people so that, like, I can build a little town here. Yeah, no. Which, like, is even stupider. The way, yeah, the way that he did it, I agree. Like, even I was like, really, that's all you got for the deal? But, yeah, I'd have to, I'd probably want to be, like, very successful, lots of money, on Broadway, and, yeah, I'd be able to buy my mama house. That's when I say take care of Okay, my- but, Ellie, do you have to make a deal with the devil for that? Or, like, do you just make a deal with a lesbian like me and we just, like, build this empire? Exactly. So I already have made a deal. Definitely always choose the deal with the lesbian. <laughs> okay, the better question should be, would you make a deal with the devil or a lesbian? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Always the lesbian. There are things that I want in this life that I would do a lot for, but I don't know if I would kill a bunch of people. So help us, <laughs> help me achieve my goals, friends, so I don't have to make a deal with the devil. <laughs> Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. And don't forget to stick around to the end of the episode to hear our original Les Central song, Run For Your Life. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay. We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And I would like to give a huge shout out to all the people that we saw at Clexicon. Lee, you were missed. Everyone came up and said, I missed you all too. Ellie, we love you, but where's Lee? <laughs> they were all waiting for you. And I was like, I'm here, but they didn't care. <laughs> they just You know wanted, how to make me feel better. They I just wanted to that. see the most famous Les Hangout host. It's okay. But I want to give a shout out to some very specific people. I want to give a shout out to Fiona and Ames, who are two of our patrons who we met there. Also, Amy and Ellen, who we have seen every single year, and I love seeing them. Yeah, wait, I'll give my own shout out to Ellen, who literally messaged me to tell me how much... Uh, I was missed at Clexcon while you were all there. So shout out to Amy and Ellen. You know, we love you. We love you so much. I'm sorry I wasn't there. I missed you. I missed you all. I know. I also met a very cool person, Lena, who is working on a podcast all about climate change. And we had a nice chat. They're also a big fan of the show. So I want to shout you out as well. Also, our new friends from Out in Love, which is a new web series that it's not out yet, but it will be out eventually. And you need to check it out. Queer Field Day, 
and also another podcast called Never Normal. We made so many cool friends and it's always so nice to see all of you, even though it was a nice, more intimate time this time. We got to make a lot of cool friends. So I want to shout all of you out who are listening. And as always, we want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rosashino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, Stacy, A.D. Benitez, and Fiona W. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Hendley, Liz Chen, and Julia Gonzalez. Thank you all so much. As we say all the time, we could not keep doing this podcast without all of you and all of our patrons, and you're just all the best. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Let's Hang Out Pod. You can email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up every week. Also, you can subscribe to The Flame on any podcasting app as well. We have a lot of new listeners this week, so we want to have even more of you checking it out. Also, we still have a YouTube channel. If you want to check that out, you can find it at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. If you want to support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to rate and review us on iTunes. We love hearing what you have to say. If you want to support us financially, you can find our Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. It's the best way to help support us and help us continue to make this podcast. And we get so many cool things for you when you join, not the least of which is access to our Discord server, which is just the best place. But we also have a ton of other fun things like, for example, coming up on our first watch party for our Lesentials that you will not want to miss. So again, bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to support The Flame, you can do that at bit.ly slash The Flame Patreon. We still have a lot of big goals for the show, including writing an entirely new musical and flying our cast to New York for a live show in August. So we need all the support we can get at bit.ly slash The Flame Patreon. If you want to buy some Les Hangout or The Flame merch, you can find all of our designs at our Tee Public. You can get them on shirts and sweatshirts and mugs and masks and all sorts of things. You can find it at bit.ly slash lesshop. If you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. Let's hang Well, it's just another day here in the city where you never win And you cannot escape it when the enemy is closing in A shadow in the night that might be right behind you And a voice inside your mind that's trying to inspire you To take a life, better sharpen your knife Cause it's happening again just like it happened in the past And there has to be a way to break free Supposed to.
When you push away the truth Refusing what you know is waiting in the dark What you feel in your heart Cause it's happening again Just like it happened in the past And there has to be a way to break free at last I'm hung up on your lies But the truth will find you Cause the witch is coming out tonight Run for your And there 